This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, June 4th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who gets a raise every time BYU wins a Twitter poll, specifically Cosmo. His name is Jerem Jordan. I wish, man. We'd be making a lot of money at this point. But uh, Off the Block did a mascot poll for men's volleyball teams, and Cosmo won. It, it's not getting the same fanfare that the uh, SiriusXM poll did, but congratulations to Cosmo again. And I, I said, uh, I tweeted another championship for Cosmo, and he uh, replied with the gif of Michael Jordan shrugging after hitting his like fifth or sixth three <laughs> against the Blazers in the 92 final. So that's a well played tweet. It's awesome. Remember when beating Big Red was a conspiracy theory because of the Sirius XM poll? So exciting. Western Kentucky fans up in arms. There's nothing I get more riled up about than Twitter polls and perhaps conspiracy theories and cheating. BYU cheated. They bought boats. Isn't that a thing that anyone could do? Did BYU like, fans what? buy votes for the off-the-block poll, too? Uh, no, because there were like a 1,000, so no. <laughs> yeah, BYU wins again. But for real, um, can we get a raise every time BYU wins a Twitter poll? Who's we? Everybody? <laughs> the two of us? What did we do? Specifically about the two of us. What did we do? Oh, you do. flexed your social media muscle, Jerem. I did? Yeah, man. Oh, nice. I didn't know I had that muscles. That retweet button? I don't have many muscles, so I don't know what Serious you're talking about. Twitter flex. Can I get a raise? Uh, yeah, based on BYU winning Twitter polls? You're coming off really desperate I right would, now. I would love that. I am? <laughs> I'm not desperate, am I? I don't seem, I don't seem desperate. Uh, Why do you think about that? How about a raise for today's show lineup? Dual threat analyst, national champion quarterback, and a man who said no to a scholarship from two legendary college football programs. Blaine Fowler will join us. Who's the best decision maker at quarterback for BYU right now? Plus, the best to wear number 23 at BYU, not Michael Jordan. And who you got to have the best NFL season as a former Cougar in the NFL? Is it Taysom Hill? Or is it the field? Here are your Thursday BYU Sports Nation headlines. The NBA appears it will resume the season with a 22-team format in Orlando starting July uh, 31st that includes 13 Western Conference teams and 9 Eastern Conference teams. The vote to approve this happening is going to happen during the show today. The NBA draft is likely to take place after the season, which you would think would be mid to late October. So that creates an interesting situation for a guy like Yoli Childs, who's hoping to be drafted. We'll see how that impacts him, but I think it's good news that the NBA appears it will return. More on Yoli Childs later in the show. BYU defensive lineman Austin Chambers transfers to the University of Maine for his senior year. The Black Bears. Austin played 18 games for BYU over the last three years. Maine had a hilarious schedule poster where they had an offensive lineman, shirts up, he's diving for the ball. Like, that was one of the most creative, fun uh, posters I've seen. I I really want to see, like, uh, you know, Tristan Hodge doing the same thing for BYU. That'd be awesome. I think they had fans vote on which should be that season poster. And that was either the finalist or... The runner-up yeah. or something like that. But that it was amazing. The Peisman Trophy guy. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Tristan Hodge is going to be on the show tomorrow. So Let's go. We could ask him if he's willing to do that. We need to check with BYU as well. But, yeah. <laughs> 
BYU opponent, Arizona State, has a punter named Michael Turk, who signed with an agent, entered the NFL draft, was not picked. He's received a waiver to return to school due to, quote, COVID-19 and extenuating circumstances. Wow. He has two more years. The situation is believed to be the first time ever that a player signed with an agent, went to the draft, didn't get drafted, but got a waiver to come back. So we will see Michael Turk in week three of the football. How about that? Interesting. Does this set a precedent, or is it only the COVID uh, season kids? I don't know. The NCAA thought with the fiery move there. Who uh-huh. comes out of their sophomore year, by the way? Uh, that's, that's crazy. Interesting. As a punter. That's interesting. Yeah. He, must be he, really, he must be awesome. Really good. I don't know anything about Michael <laughs> Turk. Now I do. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The quarterback carousel at BYU during Independence has produced more than a wild ride. This isn't your typical carousel, nice, calm ride, taking pictures at Disneyland. This ride has spun out of control. Frankly, it's been ridiculous. Spewing QBs off of their horses with several injuries. During Independence, BYU has had one season in nine where the Cougars started the same quarterback in every game. One in nine. They almost made it in 2016. So, Jerem, do you expect BYU to start the same quarterback all 12 games in 2020? It's hard to predict injuries, but based on what you just said, We've come to expect it. We really have. And it's not just injuries. It's the other I-word, ineptitude, right? Um, in 2018, unfortunately, Tanner Mangum wasn't good enough, so BYU made a switch to Zach Wilson. Unfortunately for Tanner, the easy part of the schedule was uh, later that Zach Wilson could go through and get a, get a rhythm in, right? So that, that's tough. The good news is you have an upperclassman quarterback in Zach Wilson, and hopefully he can start because then maybe he can make a jump, right? In fact, there have been 15 10-plus win seasons in BYU history, and in 13 of those, the quarter, the majority starter was a junior or senior. I'm, I'm, I'm not been... saying BYU is going to win 10. I'm just saying there's something about, of course, having that experience and going through that. The exceptions, well, I'm, I'm by the way. all about being at the front of that line. Yeah, and it makes sense. It's a no-death thing, right? Um, Ty Detmer in 89 as a sophomore. Max Hall in 07 as a sophomore were two exceptions. And you look at those two and you're like, those are two of the winningest quarterbacks in BYU history. 29 wins and I think, what, 32 wins? 32 I think they're the top two. Max and, is number one. Yeah, so Greg Grubel tweeted the past four years about the issues. Um, typically, the backup isn't at the same level as the starter, and that's why there's an issue. I think in this case, though, we feel, we feel pretty confident in if Jaron Hall were to go out there and play 12 games for if that situation happened that I would be interested in seeing how that plays out. Baylor Romney's the third string. I think Baylor Romney could be a backup at most places. He's pretty good, right, in limited action. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, can Zach Wilson, I mean, I'll be shocked if he's not a starter, can Zach Wilson start the whole season? And what does that mean for BYU, right, which we'll address in a second. What do you think about Will we see the same quarterback for 12 games start? I'm 100% jaded in this conversation because of what has happened in the past. Yeah. I am affected by what has happened in Independence. The schedules, the rash of injuries. The schedules, thank you. Key players, notably the quarterback for BYU. So, no, I don't expect BYU to start the same quarterback all 12 games. That's I wish sad. I did. It's sad. I wish I did. I, I and hope. you're talking mostly injury? Yes. Okay. I hope. Just It just feels like... An injury is bound to happen right now because of what we uh, have seen. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious, so hold on. 
Jeremy's knocking on uh, the we wood next to the desk. Thank you. Over here. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't expect uh, a BYU quarterback to start all 12 games. And I'm so sad about that. I hope. I hope. Yeah, I, I wish it was different, but it is not. Topic two. If Zach Wilson starts all 12 games, do you expect BYU to be better than 7-5? and five? We're hearing this kind of six wins, seven wins, right, from national um, uh, prognostications. Do you expect it to be better than that if he starts all 12? Yes. Let me put on the blue goggles here. And this, oh, you have are, to put these, on the blue goggles? These are blue goggles for the idea of Zach Wilson starting all 12 regular season games. Okay. Continuity is a wonderful thing, Mm -hmm. isn't it? And continuity with an upperclassman is doubly wonderful in most cases, as you just pointed out, Jerem. An upperclassman, when you can stay healthy Mm -hmm. and you can work with your guys. (laughs) These guys are so silly. It's fantastic. So, yes, eight wins is a real possibility for BYU in the regular season if they have Zach Wilson or the same quarterback starting every game. When BYU has a 10-win season, they typically have continuity. You pointed it out in topic one. When BYU has a 10-win season, the guy's an upperclassman, and they start every game. So, please. Well, I didn't break down that part, but, yeah, mostly. So, please. If they can just find a way to keep the quarterback healthy, and maybe this is uh, on the offensive line, who we think is going to be really good. Come on. They can go 8-4 and four in the regular season with the same starting quarterback and have a shot at nine wins with a bowl game. Oof. I, I love it. Uh, I love the idea of it, okay? I, I think that the schedule's tough. I think there are six power fives. I think playing three of the first four on the road is tough. We've seen that Zach Wilson can be really good. I think he's going to level up. I really do. I, I think uh, he's going to be better. He's 8-8 eight and eight as a starter. He, he was 4-5 and five, uh, as a starter last year. He's 2-5 and five in one-score games. He's 6-5 and five versus a group of five. So those numbers aren't great. And I'm going to present a stat of the day that isn't great as well, but I think he's going to level up from this. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zach Wilson's 2-3 and three against Power 5s. The two wins were in overtime, so that means he doesn't have a regulation win against a Power 5 team quite yet. I think I'm squeezing too much out of that, but I think he's going to get several this season. I think he's going to get two or three, hopefully three, if not more. Yeah, right? To me, I, he it, showed that he has the clutch gene, so I almost value those overtime wins more. Well, he, you're, you're thinking of the wins. The clutch gene did not manifest itself in, other, in Northern Illinois as a freshman, Boise State as a freshman, Utah as a freshman. That's the thing, and you keep right? saying as a freshman, and, and I think that's a big deal. Yeah, and did he have a closer one? I'm trying to think as a sophomore as well. Hawaii. Uh, was one where you needed to make a play, just get a first down, right? How Tole- about, how about Toledo's the defense just doesn't game. give up 41 points to Hawaii? Well, if we're going to credit him with wins, <laughs> we have to uh, discredit him with losses. I don't think it's all on Zach Wilson. I, I'm with you. But there were other games as a sophomore as well. Um, I, I think he's going to take a step up. The point I'm saying is his his numbers haven't been great. I think he... I'm with you. I think that BYU could win eight games if he starts all 12. And eight is the minimum threshold, in my opinion, for a good team. If you're seven and five or seven and six, you're not that good, right? You're one game above 500, maybe two. That's not great. If you win eight, okay, you won two-thirds of your regular season games, right? That, that's, that's good. That's good. He's going to take a step up. And I'm excited to watch that evolution. There's not a there's not a burner on this schedule either. Like Minnesota, I don't think will be as good as they were last year, 
That was a banner year, like best in 50. I think they take a step back. I Utah hate when BYU plays them. Right. Utah will not be as good. Michigan State is trying to figure itself out. Arizona State's on the rise, right? Um, Minnesota's not going to be as good. That's game four. Utah State's team BYU should beat. Missouri was a 6-6 six and six team. Houston is a team at BYU's level. At Northern Illinois, that's a revenge game. At Boise State, that's a revenge game um, from, from two years ago. Uh, Zach didn't get to start this last year, obviously. San Diego State's a revenge game. North Alabama live on BYU TV. At Stanford is BYU versus uh, you know a Stanford program that's competing for certain guys in recruiting. There's not there's not a team where I go, gosh, BYU's got no shot in that game. At Minnesota feels like the toughest challenge, but let's let's see what Zach Wilson can do, man. I think eight wins is not crazy. I don't think blue goggles are required for eight wins. I don't think so either, as long as BYU can start the same quarterback. So I wear the blue goggles in hope that BYU will have their second season in a decade of independence where the same quarterback starts every So now you're trying to use uh, sort of karma-ish, good luck-ish, wear the goggles, summons. Yes. You're venturing into this new area with the blue goggles. Yes. Hopefully it works. This is a new venture. And our friends uh, Greg Rubel and Cougar Stats pointed out something pretty fun Those are two different people, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. We think. At Cougar Stats (laughs) said, BYU has never won... Eight games in a season where they started three quarterbacks. Right. Which shouldn't be a shocker. Last year could have been that. It could have been the first. It could have been that year. It could have been the first. Just make a first down late in the Hawaii game, and it's the first. All right, our question of the day. What do you think? If Zach Wilson starts all 12 games, how does it change your BYU football season expectations? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Eric Richens answers on Facebook. I feel that with a full offseason being healthy, if he can stay healthy, that he can really do great things and win eight or more games. The key will be if he can be consistent, which can rub off on the rest of the team. I envision a season in which Zach Wilson's just awesome, right? And awesome manifests itself differently. Don't expect 300 yards. Like if he throws 250 against Power 5 teams and on the road, that's a good number. BYU then needs to run for 150, and they're in business. And can the BYU defense do what it did last year at times, especially kind of two-thirds of the way through the season, where they were one of the leaders in interceptions? Takeaways won BYU the USC game, won BYU the Utah State game. It, it, they were very pivotal. A late, t- uh, late uh, turnover against Toledo cost BYU the game after a takeaway, right? So there are these little plays that change an entire season. Can BYU be on the plus side of that? win the majority of these one-score games, and go from there. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram. Yo, the best to wear it. Number 23 is coming up. Plus, a national champion quarterback, dual-thread analyst Blaine Fowler joins us next. How do his expectations shift if Zach Wilson starts all 12 games? This is BYU Sports Nation. If you the uh, large blue guy, they're better. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU Sin Reviewables are back. Tune in Friday, June 12th, as we deep dive into the 1981 BYU Hoops run to the Elite Eight with the National Player of the Year, Danny Ainge. It's next Friday, June 12th on BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Welcome, everyone. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is time we bring in Uncle B, all-around good man, dual-threat analyst, and a national champion at BYU. Blaine Fowler is back with us. On the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Blaine, great to have you back on the program. How are you? 
I'm doing good. Good to be with you guys. It, and hopefully before too long, I'll be able to come in studio with you guys as, as things get better. So I, I look forward to that day even more. As do we. Jerem just mentioned the 1980-81 BYU Basketball Reviewable Special. What do you remember about that season as you were, I think, transitioning out of high school to BYU? Yeah, no, I remember that. That was part of the excitement around BYU um, back when I was trying to decide where I was going to go. You, you had that great, that great basketball team with Danny and that whole group um, that were playing. They were uh, one of the top teams in the country. And at the same time, you had Jim McMahon at BYU shattering every quarterback record there was. I mean, it was, I think it was the Camelot time for BYU that time. And, and uh, it made it really exciting as I was making my decision where to go. Um, the, the, when I chose BYU, everybody knew exactly who they were, not just because the football program and because of what Jim McMahon was doing, but also because of what Danny Ainge and the basketball program was doing. Let's explore that just for a moment, then we'll jump into some of our uh, trending topics with you. You told Joe Paterno no. You told Penn State no so you could come to BYU. A lot of people don't know that about you. Yeah, it was uh, It's interesting how Joe used to recruit. So he brings you into his office, you sit across the desk, and and he said to me, he says, Blaine, I, I shouldn't have to say anything more than we're offering you a scholarship to Penn State. And, uh, and that's, that's all you need to know. And we want you here. And, and, and they, they had been really, really good. Um, and, and they felt like, hey, our reputation is what it is. When we're offering you a scholarship, that's all you should need to hear. You should be coming here. You, you live close to here. And, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, if I don't go here, all of my local folks, if I end up going out to BYU, and leaving uh, the East Coast, people are going to be not happy with me. But uh, I just couldn't do it. I had to get. I get, had to get out to BYU. If you were a quarterback at that time, and you watched what BYU was doing, it was revolutionary. What Lavelle Edwards and his staff was doing. Doug Scoble was the offense coordinator at the time. If you were a quarterback, BYU was the place that you needed to be. And so I. I told uh, Joe no a couple weeks later um, that I was going to BYU, and he was very gracious and very kind. I, I, he, he just said, hey, you know, we knew that that might be a possibility. We wish you the best, and we'll be rooting for you. So he was all class the whole way, but I just thought it was interesting. It, was, it wasn't – they didn't tell me how great I was and all of this. They basically said, hey, we're offering you a scholarship. That's all you should need to hear wow. to decide to come to Penn State. <laughs> Goodness, Blaine, you think that little decision on which university to attend had any impact on your life? Oh my goodness. Like in, in every way possible. So I look back and, 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 you know, I, I look at it, three of the schools that were in my final four won national championships during the time that I was in school. So uh, obviously BYU, we won one in 84, but Penn state also won one during my college time. And Miami was the other one that I told no, and they won um, a national championship or two maybe while I was in school. So winning was not going to be a question regardless of where I went. Um, but the, all of the other things that are way more important than being involved in a football program, the friendships and the connections for life. And this is of course where I met Brenda and, and, and with all of the things that we do together, I mean, BYU has been my life ever since then. And I can't imagine it would have been the same had I gone to Penn state or to Miami um, uh, for that matter. So I, yeah, I, I don't look back, even though I wasn't the starter when I was here, I, I had great opportunities. I played with great people. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. Even if they said to me, Hey, you're going to replace Todd Blackledge, which is what they were telling me I was going to do. And you're going to go be the starting quarterback and win the national championship at Penn, at Penn state. Even if I knew that was the case, I would still go back and choose BYU uh, because of what's happened since then. 
What an amazing story. Now let's jump into Zach Wilson. So we've been talking about, okay, uh, what do we expect from him? And if he plays all 12 games, and do we even expect Zach Wilson to play all 12 games because of just what's gone on with BYU quarterbacks and knock on wood injuries and ineptitude at times, right? So first off, do you expect the starting quarterback, which we think will be Zach Wilson, to play all 12 games? You know, who was the last quarterback that BYU had that played all 12 games? Was it Max? I would think was Taysom Hill one? in 2013. Yeah, Taysom Hill is a sophomore oh, that's in right. 2013. Ta- Tays- Taysom did. I think you have to expect that they're going to. There's a couple of things that BYU has going for them this year. They have that really veteran and deep offensive line coming back. They're, they're deeper running back than they've been, and hopefully they stay healthy through camp. And so that takes a little bit of pressure off. And then the other thing is, is I think Zach um, is going to be able to grow up a little bit and understand when he can go make a play and stay healthy and when putting his body at risk doesn't make much sense. And so I think as quarterbacks get more and more time, they get smarter that way. I watched Steve Young, who's one of the greatest athletes to ever play the quarterback position. And each year you saw him get a little bit smarter and a little bit smarter and take care of his body, um, even when the time that he was at BYU. Um, his senior year, he was much less likely to put his head down and run over somebody than he was his sophomore year. And so I think things that get smarter, I think the offensive line is going to be one of the best in the country. I think the running backs can take a little bit of pressure off. And so I think there is a better chance than ever for Zach Wilson to actually start 12 games. So I, I'm going to go into this thing with a positive mindset and say, yeah, it's going to be the first time since, as you guys mentioned, Taysom Hill, that BYU has a quarterback that lines up at the beginning of the season that also is the guy in there at the end of the season. And that doesn't mean he won't miss some plays here and there or a series or two um, where somebody has to step in. But, but man, I, maybe it's wishful thinking. I would really like to see the consistency of a, of a starter be the starter of a whole season. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation, a man who said no to Joe Paterno and said no to Coral Gables, Florida, and the University of Miami, no less. Howard Schnellenberger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> Howard Schnellenberger sat. You, you know what's funny? And I don't want to just go back to that. Howard Schnellenberger sat in my living room with my mom and dad and I. And I'm telling you, his pitch was impressive. He was an impressive man. And he walked out, and, and my dad said, Miami, what do you think about that? They really seem like an up-and-comer, and he seems like a good man. And I said, no, Dad, he's a good man, but why would I want to go to a crappy losing program like Miami? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he turned that baby around, didn't he? Like, I mean, that thing changed on a dime. I look back and I'm like, I called Miami a crappy losing program. Well, they weren't that from, from that point forward, they were maybe the winningest program during that next decade. But I, I said I didn't want to go to a crappy losing program like Miami. I guess I just didn't see the vision of Howard Schnellenberger, but he was impressive. He Wait, was very impressive. You, you almost played for the real you. <laughs> That's right. No, yeah, the real you and not the one up north. That's what you're saying. I get it. I get it. Okay, Blaine, so, let's, go, let's go back to this best-case scenario. Let's say Zach Wilson remains healthy or relatively healthy and he's able to start all 12 games. Do you expect BYU to have a better record than 7-5, and five, which is being projected by Athlon Sports, a lot of other national publications putting out 6-6? Six and six. If he starts all 12, are the BYU Cougars going to be better than 7-5? and five? If, if he starts all 12 and he stays healthy, I, I, I think the over-under should be eight, not seven. Um, and just because I think they win one or two of the first four, I, I feel like that next group, so the, the month of uh, October, um, they can win three of four in that month, and then, I could, and then they could win two or three of four down the stretch. And that gets them to eight 
or even nine. Uh, but that's a big if. if. But if you have the same guy in there so that you have chemistry that continues to develop throughout the season, um, then, then I think that stretch run, those last eight games, you have a chance to really go on a run in those last in those last eight games. And even if you only get one win, and then and say say they surprise us like last year and they get two in those first four, now you've got now you can have some kind of a special season if you got the same guy in there. But it makes a huge difference. The, the chemistry that comes, not just with the players on the field, as you've got the same guy in that spot all season long, but your play callers, um, the coaching staff, they get a little bit better at playing calls that that are calling plays that fit your skill set as the season progresses. They understand where you're comfortable and where you're not. They've seen you in certain situations. And I'm sorry, games are just different than practice. No matter how many reps you get in practice, until they're working with you on a consistent basis in a game, they're not completely comfortable with what the best thing to call for you is. And, and I think that that's, that's part of uh, being really, really good and having a special season is having the same guy in there all season long. So not only do the players get better, but the, the staff gets better at calling the right plays with that guy. And the good news is he's making the jump from underclassman to upperclassman. He's going to be a junior, and there's certainly an experience level there that will add to what he's done. His freshman year, he comes in midway through. Tanner Mangum, not good enough. You make a change. Uh, he has a group of five slate until Utah is up 20 to nothing with 16 minutes left in the game. BYU has some injuries. They lose that one. Then last year, we saw some growth. He was really good against USC, made some great plays late against Tennessee. Um, still looking for that power five win in regulation, right? But he made some clutch plays there. Now he's the guy. Now there's six power fives on the schedule. What kind of bump up do you expect in terms of what we're going to see from him as an upperclassman now? Well, first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it with this. I wish he had a whole spring ball um, to work. Because if you think about it, he really has never really had in the last two years a spring ball where they could pull him out after every play and say, what did you see and why did you do that? Um, having said that, though, the experience in games, the ability um, to be the man here throughout summer workouts and throughout fall camp um, should have him progress dramatically in his decision making. There's never been a question that Zach from a skill set position, the live arm, the ability to make all the throws, um, his athleticism, be able to extend plays and do all that. That's all there. There's no question that's all there. The, the big thing is he's got to progress, and I believe he will. This is where I think we'll see the biggest jump in his decision-making. Most importantly, he has to take care of the football. He can't turn it over. Too many interceptions, too many times the ball was on the ground, and that's what loses games for you. And I think as, as he takes that great skill set and becomes a better game manager – we're going to really notice that, and it's going to translate to opportunities to win games at the end. He executes at the end. They win more games if he does that. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've had an opportunity to see Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney shine in moments and in a few games. BYU fans last season were ready to jump on the Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney bandwagons. Are we giving them too much credit based on the limited time and limited games they played in? Is Zach Wilson still the guy? Well, they've done. I don't know that we're giving them too much credit. I, I, I still think that that the reason this coaching staff um, continues to invest in Zach Wilson is because they feel like his his peak or his upside potential is the best of the group. When for for the reasons that we just talked about, he makes all the throws. He's athletic. He has all of that. And he's, he's got a savvy confidence about him that also 
Um, you need to be a really good quarterback. Now, having said that, I, I think that Jaron Hall is a crazy dual threat guy. Like his his athleticism, his speed and size is off the charts. He's got a really, really strong arm. Um, it'd be fun to see him if they built an offense specifically around his skill set. But the worry you have with him is um, the, the injuries that he has had make you think to yourself, wait a minute, do we take the time to build an entire offense around his skill set specific to him if we're not positive th that he can make it through several games with, without being hurt? That's the big if in the back of the minds for Jaron. And mind you, I realize that Zach has been hurt as well. His are more weird things, though, like hitting your thumb on your own teammate's thigh pad and breaking your thumb. That, that's a fluke kind of a thing. These head injuries with, with Jaron have been a cause for concern. I think they believe in him. But in the back of their minds, I, I think they worry that he can stay healthy. And I think Baylor is the had proven in, in last season to maybe be the best decision maker out of all of them. Um, he's got a good arm. He can make the throws. He's not as athletic as the other two, so he's limited in that area. And that's why I think they they kind of have him in that in that order. I love. I think I think Baylor can play for anybody because he. He's going to manage games and, and do great things. I feel like they think that Zach Wilson is the best combination of all of those things. If he can make a major step forward in game management this year, then, then I think they've got exactly what they're looking for. And that's an NFL type guy that can do everything that they need him to do in that offense. Blaine, great to catch up with you, man. We look forward to having you back in Studio B. And sincerely, thank you for choosing BYU back in 1980. <laughs> it's the best thing that ever going to happen to me. All right, so, Blaine. I, I, I'm the one that owes a huge debt of gratitude uh, to BYU for coming all the way back out, out to New York. And it was Fred Whittingham that recruited me, Fred Sr. So that's why the Whittingham family is so near and dear to my heart. Fred's the one that really convinced me that I should be at BYU. I owe Fred a ton. Understandably, uh, yeah, there's some sentiment there. Thanks, Blaine. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Blaine Fowler on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. I didn't know he told Miami, no. How about that? That's why. I knew the Penn State part, but wow, Miami? Jeez. They're and just they, a crappy little just program. A bunch of losers, yeah, exactly. Ten years later, Blaine's calling the 90 Miami game, right? Uh, so quite a turn there. And Miami's won multiple national championships at that point. Yeah. Bureau had won one as well. Coming up, we play Who You Got? Plus, the best to ever wear number 23. Who follows Danny Ainge at 22 as another basketball player? Mm, yeah, this is BYU Sports Nation. Spoiler alert. On the latest voiceover with Greg and Shep, the guys visit with BYU alum, longtime network sportscaster Todd Harris. About his 30-year career covering some of the biggest sporting events around the world. Watch this and every episode of voiceover with Greg and Shep on the BYU TV Sports social media platform. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and we whip. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. The NBA appears it will resume the season with a 22-team format in Orlando starting July 31st. It includes 13 teams from the West, 9 from the East. The voting to approve this is happening as we speak. The NBA draft is likely to take place after the season, and that would impact your boy, Yoli Childs. Football. BYU defensive lineman Austin Chambers transfers to the University of Maine for his senior year. The Black Bears. He played 18 games for BYU over the last three years. BYU opponent Arizona State has a punter named Michael Turk who signed with an agent, entered the NFL draft, and wasn't picked. But he has received a waiver to return to school due to COVID-19 and extenuating circumstances. He has two more years. The situation is believed to be the first ever where a player has 
had an agent, went to the dra- into the draft, wasn't picked, and then got a waiver to come back to school. Volleyball. Cosmo wins the off-the-block mascot challenge as the best mascot in NCAA Division I and Division II men's volleyball. He defeats Lincoln Memorial's Abe, receiving 63.7% of the votes online. I'm pretty sure the best to ever wear number 23 at BYU shot close to 63% in his last season at BYU. We're counting up to 99 and revealing the best to wear every number in Provo, Jerem. So, who's the guy at number 23? Yoli Childs is the guy. Just finished his career at BYU. Sixth member of the 2,000-point club for the Cougars. What a career he had and how awesome was his senior season. We thought he was going to be gone. He comes back. He has that special season. He's the only player in BYU history with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. Wow. Only player ever, and I believe third in West Coast Conference history. Oh, step back. Take that, Timmy. He told me in the film room on that play, I don't even know why I stepped back. I don't even do that. He's the all-time leading rebounder. He's number two in double-doubles. I misspoke last week and said he was number one. He's number two. And he's mentioned 181 times in the BYU record book. Three-time All-Mountain West. One of the best players in BYU history. After his junior season, I thought he was kind of a top, probably 20 guy. I think when you line them all up, he's probably in the top 10. I mean, he's he's really good. Uh, the teeth grinder against Utah. That dunk was awesome, man. Top 10 player for sure at BYU, in my opinion. Yoli Childs. And I'm so happy for him that in his senior season, he improves his draft stock and status. The NBA guys, the pro guys said... Go back and work on these things, specifically three-point shooting. And it just took fewer shots. Sma- taking yeah. smarter shots yeah. from the three-point line. Work on your defense, rebounding, toughness. He did it all. He's given himself a real shot to make it in the NBA. After coming back for his senior year, Yoli Childs, I mean, my heart breaks that he didn't get the chance to pursue the NCAA tournament and the whole COVID-19 situation, but... At least BYU had that epic senior night to honor a guy like Yoli Childs and TJ Haas and Jake Tools and Zach Sayers and all those guys. Yeah, it was. I'm so glad he came back. It was special. He said, we're going to do something special. And I thought, I really hope so. And it really was. It was awesome. Okay, honorable mentions, by the way, Vice Sikahema. And then our boy Steve Craig, who was on the 1981 BYU men's basketball team. He was the two guard or the point guard with Danny Ainge. He is the husband of Maria Osmond, not once, but twice. Twice over. So there you go, Steve Craig. Uh, coming up, we play Who You Got. And which Cosmo is most likely to win a Twitter poll? Is it football Cosmo? Is it basketball Cosmo? Baseball Cosmo? Volleyball Cosmo is winning polls. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now, the dominant and wacky moments from the 2020 men's volleyball season. Watch it on the BYU TV Sports social media platform. Jerem, let's play Who You Got? Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Number one, Who You Got? Taysom Hill or the field when it comes to the BYU Cougar that will have the best NFL season this upcoming year? Well, is Taysom Hill going to get more playing time now? Question mark. Uh, Sensitive topic, right? Uh, I don't know if Taysom can outdo the likes of, say, Fred Warner, Kyle Van and Daniel Sorensen combined. I think those three guys are notable players that are on the field almost every play on that side of the ball, whereas Taysom is more... Uh, you know, he participates a lot, but he's not on the field every time. 
I think Taysom will get the most pub because of his unique nature. He will always he win the popularity contest. Right. So the perception will be that Taysom Hill um, has more. But I think the combination of Warner, Van Noy, and Sorensen will do more than the singular Taysom Hill. Yeah, the question is not who is the most likable or the most popular or the most fun or most recognizable. Because Taysom is all of those things right now, if you ask your average NFL fan. But the best NFL season is going to belong to, I think, one of the three defenders you just mentioned. All three are great. Fred Warner, Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy might fade off a little bit because he moved to Miami. He's not going to No, he's going to have 14 tackles a game because okay. Miami's going to stink probably. Well, they're right? building the defense down there, so maybe, I don't know, maybe he <laughs> They're going to be on defense season. a lot because the offense stinks. Daniel Sorensen's coming off Super Bowl championship season. He's, he's interesting because he's got a funny nickname. He is uh, a white guy that is excelling in the NFL, and he just he's unique, and he's very, very soft-spoken. He doesn't spend a lot of time in the, pub, in the public eye. So uh, one of those three guys is going to have the best season. Taysom will always be the most popular. Yeah, and Fred Warner's playing for a really good team. He's playing for the uh, probably this season the second-best team in his division. Okay, uh, number two. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Who you got? A return. This is a great question from our staff. A returner or a transfer who will lead BYU hoops in scoring next season? Oh, that's so good. Oh, my goodness. That is so, such a good question. Uh, Producers, you guys are awesome. I'm going to go with a returner. I who, think, who you got? I think it's going to be. That's the name of the game. Who you got? Connor Harding Ooh, or okay. Alex Barcella. Okay. Yeah. One of those two. Yeah. We'll take, we'll take and make more shots. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to lead the team in points, but I think it's one of three dudes. It's the two you mentioned or Richard Harwood. Okay. I think that BYU is going to give him a, a real opportunity in the post to clock in and go to work and hopefully score a lot. I think it's one of those three. I won't be shocked if it's somebody else, though. I just there's, – there's a lot of good on this team. I, I'm wondering who is very good to great, right? And I'm excited to see who develops in that way. BYU has more depth this year than they did last year. Last year was kind of a seven, eight man rotation um, that you could really depend on. This year, I feel like it's a little deeper, like eight or nine. Somebody out there is asking, hey, what about the guy that transferred from Purdue, Matt Harms? Isn't he going to be the leading scorer? No. He's never been a scoring first type of guy. Yeah, he's a shot blocker first. He's a defender. Yes. An energy lifter. Rim rim runner, pick and roll. He's going to shoot a high percentage. I don't know how many shots he's going to take, though. Right, and he's a low 30s three-point shooter, which is excellent considering he's 7'3 at that size, right? So, I yeah, I don't... I'm maybe excited he'll, maybe he'll to not us. know a little bit. Maybe he'll shock us and he averages 12 points and 10 rebounds. If 12 leads the team, that's not good. Because the, the team leader for a team at BYU's level has got to be in the 15-plus range. That's how – it's, it's not going to be Gonzaga with, like, seven dudes averaging 12. Listen, uh, Matt, if you want to if you want to lead BYU in scoring and go 15-plus a game, that's great. I mean, yeah. it's, up to, it's up to you. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Would you rather Matt Harms lead the team in scoring or lead the nation in blocks? Lead the nation in blocks. Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Or the how about the conference? Let's d- dumb it down. The the league in blocks. They probably still have him lead the league in blocks. I think he will anyway. Yeah. At two plus, yeah. he averages double figures and leads the league in blocks. BYU's going to win a lot of basketball games. I almost wonder if rebounding might be uh, uh, more of an emphasis for him. He was at uh, sub five, I think, last year. I'd love to see that go to seven or eight. I am excited for him to work with Chris Burgess and Mark Pope. It's going to be awesome, man. Yes. Yeah. Number three, who you got? Football Cosmo 
basketball Cosmo, mm. or volleyball Cosmo in a Twitter poll. I will defer to dancing Cosmo. I think dancing Cosmo is the best version of Cosmo. In fact, he's good at everything, right? Literally everything. Soccer Cosmo is uh, incredible as well. Gymnastics Cosmo? Huh? He, he can hang there more than us. I, football Cosmo has headphones on. I, I think Football Cosmo's got to figure some things out first, right? Jerem, next to agreeing with me, finally, about the group of five games being finally, a situation yeah, I didn't for BYU. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is the best take you've ever had in the history of the show. That's awful. No, Dancing the schedule, Cosmo. The schedule is too hard. Is Dan- Dancing Cosmo <laughs> is an amazing take. Dancing Cosmo is the greatest. He is the greatest. I, I am with you. I, I I'm was, going off I, the board. This, uh, these three choices aren't good enough for me. I was going to say basketball, Cosmo, because I was thinking about Ao Dunk and from the three-point line. And yeah, all. yeah, Ao and Teo, and the th- yes. but he was dancing with Ao. That was Teo. halftime, Cosmo. Exactly, Who is the dancer? Exactly. Yeah, dancing Cosmo is the correct answer. Yeah. Can we get a dancing Cosmo bobblehead up here? Let's go, BYU Athletics. Get on that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. With they're him, they're him, trying to save money right now. Come him, on, man. Him doing like a gymnastics move. You know, where he's, like, tumbling on the floor and spinning his legs around. He's, That's he's, the way to do it. Trust me, we've seen a lot of mascots in our days. You you travel more than I do and, and see those. There's no one, no one that comes close to Cosmo in our incredibly biased now, opinion. There are some fun mascots to take pictures with. Uh, Spuddy Buddy is always fun when you go up to Boise State or to the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Okay. He's still on the set. He is. We have two of them. Sparty is a hilarious mascot. Michigan State. Yes, Sparty's great. Hey, there's Spud. <laughs> hey, Spuddy. They're all fun to take pictures with, but if you want a mascot that can, like, do things. Oh, I don't know. Do something? Yes. Yeah. More than Big Red from Western Kentucky, right? Cosmo for the win. He is a very cute Big Red blob. Aw. There's another show title nominee. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not going to be. What did Blaine say? <laughs> The Some crappy little school like Miami. Crappy loser school like Miami. <laughs> just take just take that in for a minute. That wraps up. Who you got? Yeah. They won the national championship in 83, 87, 89, and 01. So he would have won one, too. Okay, coming up. How does Zach Wilson starting all 12 games change your outlook? More of your response. Plus, more trick shots from Jimmer Fredette. As a rising shout-out. Granted, it's a pretty liberal use of trick shots. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You know the drill. Yeah, and you can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. If you listen regularly, I think you are aware and or have subscribed already. But if you haven't, you may do this now. It is free. We have enjoyed a fantastic show today where we've talked about guys looking Joe Paterno in the eye and saying no to a scholarship at Penn State. Yep. At crappy University of Miami that yeah. had a lowly football program. They didn't do anything. Okay. We, we've they went 10-3 the, the year that Blaine's referring to, by the way. Prior to that, they stunk. But yeah. <laughs> Dancing Cosmos and Big Red Furry Blobs. and. Let's just say it's June 4th. <laughs> We're under three months away from the potential start of the college football season, however. Right. Wasn't yesterday? Three months. Three months to the day? Correct. Wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in on the countdown when it's under 100. 
We, we didn't do the countdown. Where is the countdown? We count- did all of those things, but we didn't do the countdown. Where is the countdown? Can, can we call what an is it today? and do the countdown? What is it today? Everybody's scrambling in the back. What, what, is, it it? what is it? 91 days. Okay, there we go. I see. Listen, listen, listen. We're two people up here talking every day. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes. Some, whatever. Yeah. There's an entire production room of people, right, within code in COVID that do an amazing job. Camera operators, producers, audio, engineering, graphics, technical directors, director. Did I get everybody? Video control, EVA, master control. They Captioning. They all matter, and they do a great job. Thank you. Just a shout out. Normally, the dry period, we call it from the end of baseball to football, is about three months. We're going to make it five months with COVID-19. We hope it's only five months. Thank you to everybody involved with this. Because we just get to sit here and dork around. And these people have to actually do a real job, unlike the two of us. Yeah, they're all here, masks on, following protocols. As soon as the show ends, we put the masks on and we go back to work, you know? Yes, well-deserved praise for a great crew. Thank you to everybody that... That helps with this on oh. our end, right? Yeah. Camera masks, operators in masks here. Masks on, yep. It'd be awkward if they didn't have masks on and we had said that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But sincerely, yeah, thank uh, you. huge thank you, thank you to everyone involved to make this show happen each and, and every day. And you, the viewer, like here we are together through this wild journey that is BYU Sports, and then you throw in a pandemic, and then you throw in uh, the most massive, uh, essentially, civil rights movement in the history of the world here. And this is a unique time. And uh, this is an hour where hopefully we can explore things that, uh, you know, just entertain and, and honestly don't really matter at the end of the day. But we, ca- we all care about yes. it. Yes. Sports. And speaking of uh, the situation that's been happening in America, and uh, we've already plugged ahead to uh, our 1980-81 BYU Basketball Reviewable special. Danny Ainge tweeted the following out last night. And he tagged all of uh, uh, his key African-American players on the Celtics in his tweet. He said, I spent some time today on the phone with our team. I'm so proud to be associated with them in our shared quest for positive change. I feel hope in our future as I listen to their ideas and dreams for a better society. There is so much to learn from these young men. And, of course, sent out the tweet with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. I really liked that, uh, the way that Danny Ainge pursued that. Sit down, talk with them, gather their ideas. And he's, he's genuine. Danny's not going to, you know, dink around with you. He means what he says. No, no he's to the point. Yeah. He, he really is. Yeah, he's, he's to the point for sure. So that's great. All right. Well, we look forward uh, to uh, examining Danny Ainge's career during the 1980-81 BYU basketball special on June 12th as well. Hey, by the way, Jason Shepard just tweeted that in uh, five minutes on ESPN, they're airing BYU at Nebraska 2015. Oh, snap. There you go. You know what you're doing right after BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. There you go. I, I, and spoiler alert, uh, BYU wins in dramatic fashion. <laughs> Our question of the day, speaking of quarterbacks and amazing plays, we hope for some this season. If Zach Wilson starts all 12 games, how does it change your BYU football season expectations? Chris Smith answers on Facebook. Now, is this Chris Smith the great tight end, the All-American tight end? Probably not. Uh, I don't know, but I bet Chris Smith is an All-American person. Okay. So this Chris Smith, whoever it is, says, no change, eight to nine wins, and for heck's sakes, just beat Utah. It's the most BYU TV answer of all time. For heck's, for heck's 
sakes. Uh, yeah, eight or nine wins would be good with the schedule. It, it just is. Uh, I don't foresee ten wins for a while because of how tough these schedules nine are. Nine wins, and BYU would be receiving votes for the first time in a very long time to finish the season. BYU got nine wins in 2016. They had an NFL battery, if you will, yeah. in the quarterback and running back, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. And they should have won 11 games. Yes, they should have. The offense held them back. Anyway, uh, Nick Gazzaro on Twitter. Yes, most certainly will. If he's healthy, BYU make a bowl game. If he's unhealthy, BYU will not make a bowl game. Whoa. I don't believe that it will be that extreme. I believe in Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney uh, that they could lead BYU to at least six wins. Winning half your games isn't hard. There are 80 teams that go to bowl games. It's not like 1974 when BYU goes to the Fiesta Bowl by winning the WAC. When there are 12 bowl games. There are 11 bowl games 11. in 1974. It was a big deal. At Klebs Necked. Being able Sorry, what? to, uh, that's it's Klebs necked. There we go, or connect. It's a K, but I think the K is silent in the last name. Yeah, being able to implement improvements in between games at a consistent basis and develop more chemistry with receivers, right ends, etc., would be a boon. I could right see, ends. I could see BYU breaking out of a seven-win season rut. Yeah, let's get out of it. Let's go. A plus. Let's go. Are your lead voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort? From at GBM for BYU on Twitter, as with most any year, success at the quarterback will be dependent upon domination by the offensive line. It seems that the O-line has been a work in progress for 10 years. If that group can give Wilson time, he will be successful. Amen. O-line uh, matters. Okay, today, uh, today's Rise to Shoutouts. Uh, one goes to preseason uh, college football magazines. Athlons is out. We have it. We've uh, ordered the others. I am very excited about all of these because this is content I will consume for the next Three months leading up to the season. So shout out to Athlon and others. Yeah, a little drop of normalcy amidst the madness, right? Yeah, you can always still read, you know? It's awesome. This is true. My rise and shout out goes to Jimmer Fredette, who is uh, once again in his backyard compiling trick shots. Though this is... That's not a trick shot. I, I, I it's just long. how much of a trick shot it is. He's shooting off the side of a hill into a little Tykes basketball hoop over, I think, a fenced pool area. That's like a layup for Jimmer. If you're Jimmer, do you say Jimmer when you shoot? You say, you say, me! (laughs) Oh, I don't know if it qualifies as a trick shot. Our thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, no time. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Omar Morgan. See you tomorrow on BOA Sports Nation. Go Cougs! When I was 14, I saw the Grand Canyon for the first time. That moment was so powerful.